Hi everyone and welcome to Sterling's Business Success and Coffee podcast, kindly sponsored and supported by Sterling's group coaching programs and Fix This Next free online business assessment, enabling you to pinpoint what your business needs you to fix next. Business tips to help you level up and scale up. everyone, I'm Simon from Sterling Coaching and welcome to this podcast episode in which I'm joined by Julia Birkin. Now, Julia and I have been chatting on LinkedIn probably since about, oh, got to be eight or nine months ago. And we've had lots of different conversations and listeners, uh, you'll be very glad that I've managed to get her on today's podcast. And Julia is a whole life coach and hypnotherapist. Okay. And in her 50s, naturally an introvert, she's often found being an extrovert. And she's had some teenage angst, left home at 16, married at 19, first child at 21, married three times. Oh, now this is going to be an interesting podcast. <laughs> um, divorced twice. So we'll call your uh, husband, your current husband then, if it's a husband. Uh, yeah had two more children, then raised a blended family with my third husband. Okay, so I answered that question. Uh, and you've been owned by, I love this, as a dog owner especially, five Airedale Terriers. And currently I have Jeffrey, age seven, and Bobby is 13 weeks old, and she's been with us for five weeks now. I'm going to read this next bit of the buyout because I think this is, is quite important. A significant life-changing moment was losing your dad. And someone very close to you was diagnosed with a serious health condition. And in 2011, you changed direction, managed a small community transport charity, um, fundraising, modernizing systems and processes, and then took on the challenge of co-founding a community interest company, which focused on helping communities with their thinking skills, empowering children and adults to make a difference, show up in their lives and be happy, confident, and then share what they've learned with others. What a great, great cause. And you've set up your on your own now as Julia Birkin, life coaching hypnotherapist in Derby, which isn't too far away from me, and of course online, and you help your clients to live the life you love to live. Now, what an intro. Welcome to today's podcast, Julia. Thank you very much, Simon. It's a bit embarrassing listening to all that about myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's always a case. People always feel slightly uncomfortable with, with that. So, uh, but you wrote it. So, uh, you know, that's, that's your fault. It's my fault. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So tell us a little bit about, let's, let's get the, the ice broken uh, and tell us a little bit about the coffee you're drinking uh, there and, and tell us why you've got that particular coffee. Well, I just normally get given a coffee by my lovely husband, Steve, who just wanders in and, and he sneaks the, the, the coffee cup into my hand. Um, and at the moment, we're drinking a, um, a Nespresso pod coffee Ooh, um, yeah. called, um, I think it's called India. And it's, yep. it's, it's a really nice flavour. Um, and you can have it, the machine that we've got allows you to do it as a macchiato, a cappuccino or a flat white. Yeah. Um, so you can have the same flavour, but in different formats. So at the moment, yeah. this one is a macchiato with the India um, right. beans. I can tell you something exciting about it because 
I've never been asked why I drink a particular mm. coffee. Yeah. So I read the box. And, <laughs> and I thought, yeah. I need it's always to good to read the box. Yeah. So I'm going to just let share this. It says the intense woody aromatics come from a process known as monsooning. Ooh. It's a South Indian technique that mimics the experience a coffee bean journey might have been like when leaving India for Europe. Basically, the beans get wet, they swell up, and then they dry out, and then they get wet, and then they swell up, and then they dry out. And that keeps repeating um, until they get to the strength and the, the taste that I've obviously yeah. decided I like. Yeah. Wow. So, and I knew nothing about that before yeah. I came yeah. on this podcast. <laughs> well, and you know, it'll be probably about three casts, uh, three podcasts ahead of you. We we had two people um, in sequence on podcast: Sudhir and Namali, uh, and sorry, Namala, and they were both from South India. Now, everybody else I've always had on the podcast from India, or it's always drunk tea, and these two were coffee drinkers, but they were from South India, and apparently, yeah. apparently South India. Now you've confirmed it. Even yeah. Nespresso have realised that South India do coffee. Yeah, it's just uh, a really, really nice, smooth, Not, it's not bitter, it's just yeah. a very tasty coffee. So highly recommend yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's interesting when you talk to people from India, whether they're tea drinkers or coffee drinkers, though, they always seem to put lots of sugar in it. Oh. Tea, tea and coffee has to be very sweet, apparently. Although I might be something saying contradictory to the listeners, and you might even say, no, that's not the case. But uh, great. Um, and, and what a great husband to bring you coffee. My wife's the same. If I'm on screen, you'll suddenly see this hand appear with this cup and she'll bring me a drink. She knows she can't sort of just walk in, but sort of um, just brings me a cup of tea or a cup of coffee, which is great. Uh, and I'm drinking espresso coffee as well. So mine's out of an espresso pod as well. So we're both podding today and podcasting. So that's quite apt, isn't it? As well? <laughs> so you said there you drink, you've got a macchiato at the moment. What's your favourite way of drinking coffee you know is is it the cappuccino and the you know the whatever flat white i don't get flat whites by the way that's some that's something else. iced coffee and flat whites just i don't i can't make sense of can't get my head around but what what's your favorite way of drinking coffee in italy <laughs> in italy yeah yeah we're gonna ask the last question don't jump the gun <laughs> well no the reason i say in italy um for i i was introduced to coffee the Italian way by an, a wonderful guy called um, Giuseppe and his mum Anna and um, Giuseppe was our old, old au pair and yeah. he, he lived with us for a while and we're still in contact with him some 10-11 years later and um, we went to visit him and we had um, coffee made in one of those little little things that you put on the, um, the hob and yeah. I don't know what you call it. It's a little, it's like a little pot thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they have it with um, a a treat from Naples, and they refer to them as sweet things, little yeah. tiny tasty pastries. So, um, so yeah, that's my favourite coffee at Giuseppe's yeah. house with his mum on their terrace with the little yeah. sweet pastries. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but there's something about that anything that comes just small and on the side of a an espresso or something like that always seems to have such a an intense taste and i think the coffee always brings out that taste as well and i did yeah. that earlier today i broke off uh, and just brought me some oat cookies 
Um, and rather than have the entire cookie, uh, I just broke off about a quarter of it and just had it with the coffee. And it just makes such a difference and you know, intensifies it as well. So, yeah, great. So thinking about your, your own business thing, and obviously things have changed since we, we spoke last year. And, you know, we've had a couple of sort of reintroductions to each other. Thinking about your own business and not, not necessarily past businesses, but where you are now, what's been the latest or most significant thing that you've fixed or worked on in your own business? So, um, what I did is I fixed the main product of my business, okay. um, which is me. Hmm. So I, I am my business. Um, I am all of the departments of my organization, everything from the marketing, the sales, the customer service, the accounts, I'm even the cleaning team. Um, And I ran out of oomph. My battery got completely flat. And I think it was a combination of lockdown, um, blurring times that you start work and finish work because I'd started working with some contacts over in Thailand so I was starting my days much much earlier but that wasn't being shortened at the end of the day so I was still working late into the evenings so I suppose what I did is I I recognized that I needed fixing and I needed to to look after the the most important asset of my business, which was my my health, my well-being, my ability to do what I do. Yeah. What would you say to the listeners was that moment of awareness? Because, you know, most of us think that and we perhaps skirt over it and skip around it, but we don't really stop and go, oh, yeah, I need to fix me because, you know, I'm, I'm not working as I should be. I'm not as efficient or I'm not as productive or, you know, I'm not being the asset, as you say, to the business. What would you say to the listeners that helped you get that, uh, that epiphany, that awareness? So it was, it was just a conversation with an acquaintance. Um, they rang me up and said, I need to speak to you urgently well, they sent me a message, you need to speak urgently. Um, I made time to free up my diary to to speak to them. And they went on to tell me that they were going to write a book. And they wanted me to listen to them talking about their life and and the, the chapters of their book. And they wanted me to listen for two hours a week for about six months. Wow. Okay. And... And that was a request and made of an acquaintance by an acquaintance. And I, I asked that person, um, okay, so what's the book about? And um, are you asking me as a professional um, life coach yeah. and hypnotherapist to, to help you with this journey? And I was told, no, I don't want you to coach me and I don't want you to, to do anything. I just want you to listen. And I said, well, I'm a little bit confused. And, and she, she just said to me, well, I know that I can trust you. I know that you are super confidential. And I know you're an excellent listener. Mm. And at that moment, it was like all these little lights went on in my head. And I just thought to myself, 
but that's what I do for my job. That's my business. That's that's what people yeah. pay me to come and do. And yeah. and so I I then said to them that if there was a reason for me to say yes, I would be more than ex, more than interested to explore it. So then I said, well you know in the book would there be an opportunity for me to have something in about how I've supported you as my professional role yeah and it was no um what I'll prepared to do is I'm prepared to mention you as a friend right so so I then took a deep breath and I said I'm sorry I don't think I can help you with this Mm. and do you know the moment I said I'm sorry, I don't think I can help you with this. I just realized that that was a turning point because to me, I say yes to so many people and so many things Yeah. because I like to help people. I like to please people. I like to make sure that, you know, I'm seen as a nice person. I am a nice person, but I'm also now a nice person that knows how to say no and feel great about it. Um, and I didn't say no and not offer help because that is totally against me. It's not how I work. So I actually put them in touch with somebody whose business is helping people to write their book about their life story. Um, And I also made a couple of suggestions as to who else they might be able to get to to help them for free if they didn't want to pay. Um, But it was just it was just that moment when I realized that if I don't value my time, then why would anybody else yeah. and yeah i think you said some i think you said something very very important there it's and i'm a great believer someone once said to me you know success is made up of a, a pyramid of no's with a yes on top and you've got to learn that you've got to make you've got to save the no's to get the success out of a yes so i'm definitely with you on that one but it was what you said there about having the ability to say no and feel great about it yeah. because you know we do have to realize that very often saying no to somebody doesn't just shouldn't just make us feel great that we've recognized and respected our own time but very often it's the best thing for them as well yeah and you you by giving her those tips that you did and putting in the right direction is probably a much better help than saying yes to that mundane task that you would have done that wouldn't really have served her that well yeah uh, it it did feel very much like and you know the conversation with 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 the lady was was absolutely lovely and you know um i I have offered to to read bits of a book if she wants me to do a little bit of guest reading um but but that particular role i felt yeah i could say no to yeah yeah absolutely so finding out that you're you need to fix you working on that asset and that product of, of you what kind of difference has it made you know what you've, you've given us an idea of how it was before how's it been after that well the thing the thing that i did to recharge my battery i, I think you mentioned at the beginning i'm an introvert that's often found being extrovert mm-hmm. um and i know that the best way for me to recharge my battery is to go off and find some seclusion some isolation somewhere to just hole up and and recharge and this time i i had 10 days in gloucestershire in a caravan in a field with my husband and the two dogs and um 
you know, I still woke up really early, yeah. but I saw the sunrise and I saw the mist um, coming up off the field because it was quite warm still. And, okay. and I was able to sit with my feet in slightly dewy grass with a mm. big mug of tea, watching the sunrise, breathing in and thinking to myself, I am so grounded in this moment. Yeah. I am like charging up from, from all that's around me. And, and I did that every morning. Um, I slept better than I've slept for, for months. And when I came back to work on Monday, my God, have I got work done this, this week? Yeah. I have cleared so many things off my desk. Um, I feel like I've just, just found a new me, yeah. uh, which has got to be good news. Absolutely, absolutely. We could all do with finding a little bit of new me's in all of us, couldn't we? So uh, definitely. So tell us a little bit about the way that your model has changed for your business then. Uh, from when we spoke backing, I think first time we spoke was sort of autumn last year. How has the, the model changed? How have you coped with, you know, obviously the pandemic, as we recall this, you know, things are being eased. But, you know, how, how has that moved on for you as well? So I think um, because I launched the business um, in July 2019, um, I was only just getting to grips with running mm -hmm. my own practice. Yeah. And somebody nicked the rug from under my feet. Yes. Yep. <laughs> um, and and then I had to start thinking of different ways to work. And and I was very reluctant to go online working online. Um, yeah. I, I'm very much the sort of person that reads the whole body and the whole person. So when I'm sat face to face with someone, um, I, I look for those little nuances of, of jiggling feet or, you know, yeah. or whatever. Um, so I spent a bit of time trying to pivot as everybody kept saying, everybody needs yeah. to pivot. A wonderful word. Oh God, I hated that word. Every yeah. time I said it, I just wanted to just run away. Um, but what I started to do is think about, okay, so what works when I'm having conversations with people, what's working? And what I realized was working was people need a safe space to talk. And sometimes that safe space isn't about fixing the problem. It's not necessarily about um, showing the person what they need to do or how to do it. Sometimes it's just holding that space and letting them talk. And so over online, moving online, I started offering a, a service called In The Moment Coaching, which is basically, a, it was a dial up. You could pay in advance and you could book time in my diary and you could choose when to book the time in my diary. I use Calendly for it. Yeah. Um, I was really surprised because people liked it. Yeah. And, and so I'm still getting clients who are rebooking. And so they book three hours in advance and they just, you know, they just book it when they need. And I see a little message pop up saying client A has booked in for half an hour or yeah. whatever. And I think, oh, that's exciting. I wonder what we're going to talk about. Um, so, so, that, so that was one way that I started to work online. And then when we got the restrictions lifted slightly and I could go back to the office, some of my clients said, well, we're quite happy staying online. Some of them said, can we do hybrid? That new word as well. It goes with yep. pivot, pivot and hybrid. So some of my clients will see me and then go um, online for, for top-ups. Yeah. Um, and I've got some clients who are just so glad to be back in the office that, yeah. you know, it's next stages when we can actually hug each other, I think. 
Yeah, it, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think people have changed. I've had clients that have said, I'll never do Zoom meetings. And now they only want to do Zoom meetings and I haven't seen them for a long while and they they don't want to go back to it. And it's not because of the worry of COVID. It's because actually that they just found it works better. Better use of their time. They're not driving around the place, you know, traveling and stuck in traffic. Yeah. Um, yeah, hi, hybrid is an interesting word. And I, I'm, I'm glad you said that because when I think of hybrid, I think about hybrid cars. Uh, and I, I cannot see the point. I had a hybrid car, a, a courtesy car the other day, and I fetched it from Leicester. So that's quite a drive for me. It's about an hour and a quarter. And this car did 26 mile on electric and then went to petrol. So I ended up with, yes, a nice bit of use of electric. But then I spent the rest of the journey with a small petrol engine dragging around a great big battery, which was totally inefficient and uneconomical. So... The, the hybrid, I think the, the, the difficulty with hybrid is getting the balance right, isn't it? And I don't know if you've found that about what, you know, I think some people don't quite get it balanced right sometimes with the hybrid. Um, but yeah, getting back to seeing people, unfortunately, I'm finding the last couple of weeks, I've had three people cancel because during all this pandemic, I've not had any clients actually catch COVID or be ill with it. And I've had three in the last two weeks. I think, yeah, I think that's because people, you know, with it, with the increase, I think it's um, more people are getting pinged. That's the other word, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, pandemic. Hybrid and pinged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're going through all the different, different new words. I'm, I'm sure yeah. they'll all be in the, da- in, in the dictionary. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the pinging certainly has had an impact on a lot of business for a while. But these, these, pe- these three are actually people who are poorly with it, you know, oh, okay. uh, and, you know, not hospitalized poorly but certainly bad flu poorly so mm. uh, yeah it's interesting but so it's so it's good that you've made that shift and that people have taken benefit from it and i think giving people the flexibility is something that's really important so if people want to find out more about you julia and they want to see more of what you do look at uh, you know perhaps some stuff that you're putting out there what what's the best way that the listeners can reach out to you or digest any content from you Okay, so I, I've got my own website, um, okay. which is, um, it's quite easy really to remember, juliaberkin.co.uk, uh, yep. and that's yep. Birkin, B-U-R-K-I-N, um, yep. so, so you should get that. If you don't get that one, um, you can actually put in lifecoachderby.com, and that will also get to me, because I've... That's lifecoachderby, D-E-B-R-B-Y, yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay, yep. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm on LinkedIn quite a lot actually, so people yeah. can find me on LinkedIn. I, I connect with people who don't direct sell to me. The moment I <laughs> connect with them, yeah. um, I'm very polite about the ones that do, but really it's a little bit awkward. Um, okay, well, uh, I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to stop you there then because I had this just this morning, and this guy had a real rant back at me. So. And listeners, uh, you know, you've probably done this as well. You know, you've either been guilty of trying to sell people on LinkedIn or you've been at the receiving end of it. So both of you can listen into this. How are you polite back to people when they try to sell to you when they first connect? So I asked them, what particularly about my profile made you reach out to me? Mm. Um, and, And if you saw something in my profile, why have you sent me a standard sales pitch so I actually give them the option that's why I say I'm nice to people I'm giving them the option that if they have read my profile 
um i don't want to shut them down straight away so if you and you saw something you liked then great tell me what it was but then also i need to know why did you just send me a standard pitch yeah because because if you if you like something then surely it should have been a personal pitch if you're going to pitch at me yeah and often they don't even come back to me no because it's either somebody who's realized they've been caught out or it's a bot anyway yeah so so but I am always polite because I always think to myself that sometimes reaching out to a life coach um it takes a lot of courage to take that first contact and that first step and sometimes people hide behind another reason before they start talking to me so it's a little bit like that no like trust thing you you they, they want to know are you genuine? Are you real? Are you trustworthy? And then yeah. they'll start talking about maybe doing some work with you. And and so I'm always very cautious not to just close the door in somebody's face straight away. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, lo- I love that two pronged approach. I've I've seen people do the first part where they say, "What is it in my profile that you know?" You said you liked my profile. What was it in my profile that you liked? And I've done that a few times as well. And you get either complete silence or you get somebody that says oh i like what you're doing yeah so you've not really read it then have you um but i like the fact of you know that second part of it of okay so if you like my profile why did you just do a standard pitch yeah i like that that's great and part of my 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 past experience was I, i used to head up a customer services team and um one of the things i always used to be really conscious about is if you if you're going to communicate with somebody you've got to you've got to really understand where they're coming from mm. and and i think to to do almost ice cold pictures to people you know it's it's going to fall flat straight away whereas if i if i'm going to pitch to somebody they won't even know i'm pitching to them yeah you know because i don't you know i i make it so personable and pleasant that it feels like i'm you know, just trying to get to know them, which I am. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and you know, another word that's come out, I think, during the last 15, 16 months is authentic. So we've yeah. got pivot, hybrid and authentic. But I, I love the authenticity one because I think that is a good thing. I think yeah. people have realised that doing things online, they have got to be more authentic and more LinkedIn users should do that as well and i have a standard set of questions i ask people i asked you some of those questions when we were communicating last time but you do it in a way that is personable to them so that it's not just a copy and a paste it's you know some of it is pasted in but i I top and tail it with a little bit about them as well so it it connects a little bit more doesn't it definitely yeah and, and everybody likes to feel that they're important yeah, and uh, you know, in an automated message, I can't yeah. see how that's going to make anybody feel important. No, no, definitely not. It's interesting. I to the one I replied to the other day uh, was actually I thought was quite a good request to connect. So I connected with them, and then just got this huge. <laughs> I do this, 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 and it was a, an SEO or software guy, and I replied back saying. Uh, on LinkedIn, I treat LinkedIn like dating. I prefer to get to know people before I go out on a first date. And I always prefer to go out on a few dates before I agree to marry somebody. So, I like it. So please, so please, you know, 
get to know, you know, I'm happy to get to know you if you're happy to get to know me. And this guy had a real rant back. I've never been treated with so much disrespect. Uh, I'm not trying to, it completely missed what I was trying to say. I'm I'm not trying to date you. And it was like, okay. Yeah, didn't get the point of the irony then a little bit. Um, (laughs) Wasn't American, were they? (laughs) Sometimes irony. (laughs) Yeah, I've got to be careful what I say because I don't know who will be listening to this podcast. But uh, yeah, all I could say is they very well could have been. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> but but I actually did then respond and said, look, you know, all I'm trying to say is that, you know, if I, I, I like to do business with people because I know that I'm a good fit for them and they're a good fit with me. And I don't mind whether that's them being a client to me or me being a client to them. But I just feel and now we've had a couple of good exchanges and, and we've actually got to know each other quite well through yeah. these exchanges. And I feel that I now could potentially have a look at and see what he does and you know it's nothing I want and I was very honest with that no that's not what I want it's not what I need neither um so yeah I I like the way you do it and I think that's a more sort of clearer way of doing it than mine perhaps talking about dating and getting married yeah yeah I think I was confused that person completely yeah yeah you you could have ended up with another another relationship on on the go there and perhaps not one that that your family would be particularly happy about (laughs) no no probably not no um which then leads me to the uh and I'm going to ask a personal question now then okay um in your bio you said that you've been married three times and yeah. uh, what, what's your what's your husband's name? Steve. Yeah, uh, I had a friend who really, really um, had to be involved in motorbike racing quite a bit, and he he really upset his wife because he referred to her, and he'd been married two or three times before. He he referred to her as when he introduced her to us, we'd never met her. As this is, I can't even think what her name was. I think it was Steph. This is Steph, my current wife. <laughs> which he didn't seem to think was a problem, but she got really upset about because it felt a bit transitional. Yeah. Um, any any stories, anything you want to share with listeners about relationships? You know, you're a life coach. Uh, any, any kind of stories, any lessons to to learn from, from the relationship side of uh, having two or three marriages? Now, I'm putting you on the spot there a little bit, but I'm intrigued to see if there's any stories that are uh, interesting that you might want to share. If there's not, just tell me to move on and I'll move on. So, so it's it's quite simple. Husband number one was was a teenage romance. Okay. Um, husband number two, I married my best friend. Uh, um, and I have to say, he's probably still one of my good friends. Yeah. And I'm not going to mention him by name, but it's also his birthday today. That's it. Oh, happy birthday. Yeah, happy birthday number two. number two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I had one child with my first husband, two with my second husband. Right. Um, and I'm grateful for my children from both of those those yeah. gentlemen. Um, Steve and I got together um, through. Can you remember AOL? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. AOL chat rooms. Yeah. Wow. So. We got together um, before, um, you know, before computerized dating really was a thing. Yeah. And um, we met each other and we hit it off. And 
I asked him some questions because by this time I'd, I'd been married twice, I'd got three children and I didn't want to make any more mistakes. So I had a shopping list. I knew exactly what I wanted in the next husband or the next <laughs> man in right. my life. Yep. Um, and so in conversation, I didn't give him a list. I didn't say, here's the list. Can you tick yep. the list? But in conversation, I found out lots of things about him that ticked the boxes. And, and what I realized is, is that if you want to be in a relationship with somebody, you need to know what you're looking for, but you also need to know what you're prepared to give or not give. So I was very clear right at the beginning that if he wanted somebody to cook and clean and iron his shirts and find his pants when he couldn't find them, it probably wasn't me. Um, and he thought that was a good deal. Um, okay. So so I then looked at his tick list and he, six foot two was the, the height criteria. And he was six foot one and a half. So I had to make an adjustment. <laughs> um, so six foot one and a half. But but he did tick all the other boxes. You do know he's going to shrink as he gets older as well, yeah, don't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but I'm okay because my, my boys, he, he's also got a son. And, and I've got a, my, my um, borrowed son is, I think he's about six foot six. Um, and my son's six foot six-ish. Um, so I've got some nice tall men in my family still. Yeah, yeah. Um but what I think it... I'm, I'm five foot ten, so I don't hear those criteria. And that feels like the land of the giants to me. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'm now the shortest person in my family. Everybody's taller than me. Um, yep. But but for me, it was very much about I think I went into marriage number three knowing exactly who I was, um, what I wanted, um, what I was prepared to give, what I was wasn't prepared to give. We blended children aged when we when we got together the children were three, four and five and 14. Um, and we blended them all together and we raised them and we stayed good relationships with, with the other parents. And, um, but, you know, I, I just think that, I think if you're gonna go into marriage, you need to really know who you are um, and know that the other person that you're going to go into a relationship isn't going to complete you. So I just want to stop you short there just because uh, obviously I'm, I'm conscious of, of the time and I just want to really, really bring the listeners to what you've just said there. So I think you've given us a relationship masterclass. I've just written on my post-it note. Uh, but also, listeners, you know, you, you've learned an amazing way to you know, build a relationship with somebody and, and start that relationship and make sure you're setting off on the right foot with it. But imagine if you went through that process with your clients imagine if you took a client and you had an idea of the kind of client you wanted to work with what the criteria were and you had a conversation with them to determine not not a checklist but you had a conversation with them to get that detail out of them and you entered into that relationship with that client eyes wide open knowing what you expect of them what they expect of you everybody's clear everybody's happy and everybody's a match imagine what kind of businesses we would all have because that's not just a relationship masterclass for husband number three i think you've given us a business masterclass there uh, and stop the recording wind it back listen to it again because if you followed the step-by-step -step process that julie has just given us there 
every client you have would value what you do, treat you well, pay you on time, pay you what you're worth and be a client that will stay with you forever because you want to be with them forever. And, you know, imagine what that would be like. It would be incredible. So yes, apply it to your relationships, but apply every single thing that Julie has just given you to your business. Because if you did that, you're going to absolutely blow everybody's mind and rocket your business. Definitely. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Any other lessons or tips that you can give the listeners before we sort of come to the final question? I just want, well, you asked me this to, to think about this earlier. So mm. I did think of one and, and it's one I've, I've shared with other people. And, and it's one that makes me feel so happy that I've discovered it. And right. I don't know where I picked it up from. So in your diary, if you use your diary, and this is about self-care and looking after yourself. Okay. So in your diary, um, ask yourself, do you block out time for your lunch or your tea breaks? or your gym sessions, or your art class, or whatever it is that makes you happy and makes you you and gives you the chance to recharge your battery. Because if you don't, you're missing a trick. So if you can go into your diary, if everybody that's listening goes into the diary and just does one thing, which is put in a lunch break, or put in um, something in the diary, which is an hour for them to do something for them to charge their batteries and if they just put as they enter in the title of the diary something that's the only word they need to write something Mm -hmm. so then when somebody rings you up and they want an appointment and they want it at the time that you have something in your diary Uh, i see say i'm sorry i've got something in my diary diary then but I can see you at three o'clock or great six tip. o'clock or 10 o'clock the next day. Love it. And Love you, it. Know what? you feel great. This is what we started off with saying yeah. no to somebody, but yeah. you feel great because you've not told a lie. You yeah. had something in your diary. Right. So that's, that's my top tip. Put something in your diary and make sure that it's treated as if it's your best client. Your most valued client, because you are effectively um, your business. And you've you've now you you're the third person in all the podcast series that has made me turn over onto the flip side of my post-it note. So <laughs> thank you for that. You're, you're, you're number three out of what ninety. You'll be about ninety-six, I think. So well done. <laughs> so last question then before we wrap it up: If you were to have your next coffee. And you've already given us a bit of a sort of preview of this. If you were to have your next coffee in a dream location, where would that dream location be? Oh, this is this is so easy. It's in the harbour at Portofino in Italy. Um, it's a place where Steve took me to for my 50th birthday. It was one of the most romantic, beautiful little places. Um, the coffee tasted amazing. The food we ate was amazing. What better place to be? Um, yeah. And if and if anybody doesn't know how beautiful Portofino is, Google it and just put Google Portofino Italy yeah. and yeah. and just look at the pictures. 
Yeah, the, the houses, the colours, the view of the harbour. I mean, we went on a cruise and we went into Portofino. So we got to see it from the sea as we went into the harbour. It was absolutely exceptional. If I was to have my coffee, though, it's interesting. You chose the down on the harbour. I would actually go up the hillside uh, and there's a particular sort of park area or an open area where you can sit and you can see and look down onto Portofino and you can see the sea. If I was going to have my coffee in Portofino, uh, I'd definitely walk up to the top. And it's quite a walk. It's quite a hike. I'd yeah. go up to the top and I would have my coffee up there overlooking Portofino. And you can see the house. I don't know which person it is, but it's one of the, it's either Dolce or Cabana. Uh, it's one of their houses. It's one of their holiday homes. And you can actually overlook their house. And I think Kylie Minogue's got a house there as well. So you can overlook Kylie Minogue's house from that particular area. So, yeah, I'd feel yeah, like I'm having you. coffee with the celebrities. So I tell you why I say the harbour is because when we were sat there, this lovely yacht boat, I don't know what you call them, yacht, yeah. pulled up. And, and it was a very large, but very, very nice. And the people got off and went off yeah. to have their lunch. And then another one came in, which was a bit bigger. Yeah. And it, it sort of put a shadow on the one next to it. Yeah. And we thought, oh, gosh, that's huge, that one. And then, then the biggest... Mm -hmm. most amazing yacht pulled in and it dwarfed all the other boats in the yeah. harbour and it had this crew of people that were all beautiful with white shorts and blue t-shirts on and and two yeah. people got off and and we were just sat there thinking one day yeah one day, yeah. <laughs> yeah that might be me <laughs> yeah yeah and, you know, if you go to Monte Carlo, even Palma, if you go to Palma in Mallorca, you have a very similar thing. You know, you get the, the normal boats and then you get the, you know, the big boats. Uh, and I'm like you, they're just watery things. I just call them boats. I don't know whether yeah, they're called yachts. Or... I don't know how you define, and, and I bet these people on this podcast that I'll actually know the difference between yachts and boats and whatever, yeah. but, you know. Yeah, a yacht to me has a sail on it, but I know that's not the right thing to say. So we'll... We'll, we'll draw it to a close there before we say anything that's going to upset any sailors of any sort. So thank you very much for, for being on today's podcast. You've done an amazing job of giving us some great tips. You have been very open and shared some great stories about husband number one, husband number two, and now husband number three. Um, and of course, Dan, you've got to put a finger, a ring on it. Uh, that's definitely the thing to do. And, and a real... Yeah, I know you're giving us a great tip about having something in the diary. I love that. That is so simple. So listeners, do something with that. Do it tomorrow. Put the some things in your diary for next week and work on those relationships, not just with the people in your lives, but also with the clients. Think about, you know, listen to it again. You know, you literally, you could stop what you said there, Julia, step by step, and you could actually build up a system there to get amazing clients. Yeah, and probably somebody will do that and they'll trademark it and they'll earn the millions and they'll be in the yacht that we both look at yacht. from the harbour. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Thank you for being a guest. You've been absolutely amazing. It's been such such fun and such a delight. And I'm so glad that we've had you as a guest on the podcast. I really do appreciate your time. Thank you very much, Simon. I appreciate it. And listeners, as you know, this is part of my mission. Each and every podcast to make you more aware. And we've certainly done bucket loads of that. Better educated, some great tips uh, on lots of different things and some that you can put in your business, some that you can put in your life as well. 
uh, and of course some accountability and the accountability is to do something with that something in your diary as always i look forward to having you on the next podcast and having some fun then bye for now <laughs>